Hello and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast where we tell the stories of local business owners and Maine residents and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a local magazine that helps showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram through the links in the show notes. This episode is sponsored by Fabian Oil, a family-owned and operated business that offers heating oil and propane delivery services and repairs. Fabian has been serving Central and Northern Maine with propane and oil for over 30 years. As a local Maine business, they cherish the relationships they have formed by serving the people of their communities. In 2019, Fabian entered the Southern Maine region with a heating oil acquisition, and they have recently brought propane to the market. They are aggressive and would love to be your supplier. Give them a call at 207-793-2044 or visit fabianoil.com. In this episode, we'll be talking with Jeff Buckwalter, CEO and co-owner of The Holy Donut. Jeff moved to Maine from Illinois as a freshman in high school, growing up in Farmington and attending Mount Blue High School. He then went to the University of Maine in Orono, where he met his wife, Elizabeth, to whom he's been married to for 21 years. He joined the family business founded by his sister-in-law, Lee Kellis, in 2013 when they had just one location on Park Avenue in Portland. They now have three locations and are building out their newest location in Portland's Old Port with plans to continue to grow the brand. In his downtime, he loves spending time outdoors and has a passion for fly fishing, bow hunting, and exploring wild places in Maine's North Woods. He currently lives in Scarborough with his wife and three children. Welcome to the show, Jeff. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, this is great. I'm so excited. I'm I'm even more excited because I feel as though I I have a, a deep abiding connection with the holy donut. Just from the amount of <laughs> the sheer amount of them that I've shoved into my donut hole over the over the years. So I'm very excited about this. I don't know this. if you're more excited than I'm excited. I think I think I mean, I, I don't know about that. Okay. So Jeff, can you give us uh, some history on how the holy donut got started and also how you came to be the CEO? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the Holy Donut was founded by my sister-in-law, Lee Kellis. Um, mm-hmm. She started playing around with donut recipes, uh, gosh, I guess about 10 years ago now, and just decided that, you know, you know, Portland needed a really cool donut, and she has a love affair with them. And so she started playing around with some different recipes and kind of settled on one that she found that was kind of an old Northern Maine recipe. And she kind of made her tweaks and made it her own and started as humbly as you can out of her kitchen. You know, she used to make a, a dozen donuts a day and uh, mm-hmm. take them down to Coffee by Design on India Street. And, you know, they, they kind of took off there. And I think a couple other Coffee by Designs jumped on board. And then uh, she got Whole Foods and some other uh, wholesale accounts soon followed. And uh, it wasn't long before, you know, she and my, my father-in-law, Alan, and uh, her sister, Elizabeth, who's my wife, decided they wanted to open their first shop. And so they opened uh, on Park Avenue in March in 2012. And uh, with thankfully, with the financing um, from my mother-in-law, uh, Cynthia, who put up her life savings to, wow. to launch the first shop. It was, uh, it was a really kind of cool family grassroots endeavor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, wow, uh, that's amazing. Yeah, no, it's just like, it's the coolest thing, right? Um, and none of them were restaurateurs, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
I myself had, uh, you know, I think when I was 13, I washed dishes in a kitchen once, but that was my <laughs> only experience in food. Um, wow. Now, wait a minute. So, you washed them once. Was that, was that the infamous thing that parents always tell you? Like, oh, we're out of money. You're going to have to wash dishes. Did that actually happen somewhere? <laughs> it didn't. Although my mother did work. It was actually a catering company uh, where I grew up in Indiana. And um, just, you know, uh, it was it was a sh- uh, short-term summer gig. and uh, yeah. But the reality was, you know, so my father-in-law, Alan, well, we're very close, tight-knit family, have, uh, you know, Sunday dinners every week without variation. Nice. And uh, so he would frequently, you know, talk to me about what's going on. And uh, he wanted to get me into the business with him one day. And uh, I was working uh, in the hospitality industry in sales and marketing. And I was traveling a lot and wasn't necessarily really enjoying my career, although it provided a, a good living for, for our family. Um mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I guess I made the leap of faith in the summer of 2013, being that it was a brand new business virtually. Uh, they, they certainly weren't turning a profit and there really wasn't much room to bring me aboard. You know, I, I certainly felt like what Lee had started, there were substantial legs to it. And so, you know, Liz and I made the decision to, to really cinch our belt as a, as a family and dip into some savings and basically cut our household income in half to kind of take this leap of faith and jump into the family business. That's powerful. That's really cool. Yeah. And I love how it's described as a leap of faith when we're talking about the holy donut. It's just, yeah. No, it was, uh, I've, I've got donut puns off of donut puns just going through my head right now. I'm, I'm so focused on this. I, I think I should have had I should have had dessert after lunch. That's what I'm thinking. That's, that's quite all right. No, it, was, uh, it was really, you know, again, it's, it's, it's been a really very interesting and, and, and uh, journey for us all. And so we... You know, when I came aboard, we had kind of had plans to, kind of, we did have plans to open on Exchange Street in the old port. And the reality was, in retrospect, we really, you know, we were all very green uh, in food. Um, and in retrospect, we really had no business opening a second location because we didn't, we didn't have things on lock at our first store on Park Avenue. And to top things off, you know, the, the timing was very poor. We signed the lease in August and opened on Halloween, which, you know, opening a new business at the end of a season in the old port, yeah. not the best advice I would give to anybody going forward, mm-hmm. but to, uh, you know, to kind of couple with the poor timing of that on opening day, our fryer broke down. Um, oh and so we had to drive to Boston, grab a new fryer quickly and bring it back into the store. And, you know, as fate would have it, as I was bringing it into the store, it slipped and fell on my ankle and crushed every bone in my ankle. Um, oh, which was very, it was not a lot of fun. Uh, let's put it that way. And so that was challenging for sure. Cause that laid me up for quite a while, but the timing was very interesting in that it was, you know, and I think another little twist of fate and it was kind of a blessing because it, you know, I couldn't go around and make donuts anymore. And so, you know, allowed for me to kind of dig into the guts and the financials of the business and you know, in doing so, discovered that really there was no accounting systems in place and no monitoring or measuring or reporting. It was very much a shoebox business. So during that downtime, it, it allowed for me to set up accounting systems and identify really that we were we were losing a lot of money and, and in real risk of going out of business. Yeah. And so, wow. you know, while it wasn't a fun experience, it was who knows we would uh, how much longer we would have gone on selling product at a loss and mm-hmm. had it not been for that unfortunate incident. And so... Right. Um, very, you know, it's been, a, it's always interesting, as we say, there's always something cool going on. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess over time, in terms of, you know, becoming a CEO, 
I just, you know, kind of started running and managing the business. It was, you know, Lee was is terribly creative and a very hard worker, and as was Alan, but weren't necessarily interested in the business metrics, you know, and, and diving into spreadsheets and doing all of those things. So that kind of became my duty. And shortly thereafter, well, I guess shortly thereafter, sometime, I think around late 15, early 16, Alan was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, oh. And so Lee and, and, and Liz and Alan wanted to obviously spend more time together um, as his time was a bit finite. And so in taking over uh, a lot of the elements of the business, it allowed for them to hang out more as a family and to travel and see a lot of the world together, which was mm. very cool uh, and very fortunate that the business um, was at that point in a place that allowed them the ability to go do that. Yeah. Mm. It's just, it's amazing too. It's just how, you know, people don't see the behind the scenes when you start a business, you know, oh, no. they see you know, <laughs> how you got to, they look at how successful you are, but they have no idea about all the things kind of behind the, behind the scenes that you have to deal with it. It's so cool though, just hear just how much your family just came together and actually believed in this vision and how much they were willing to sacrifice. It's yeah, just kind I mean, of just a really beautiful picture. It really is. I mean, I just, my, my, I'm in awe and my hat's off to the, to the, the family yeah, and what they all did to came together. I mean, Alan worked for free for geez, like years. He was kind of semi-retired and selling insurance and Cynthia was still, you know, in nursing and, um, you know, to say, all right, here's my life savings. Go get it done. Amazing. And, you know, wow. bubble gum, duct tape and everything else to kind of put everything <laughs> in place and together and, you know, it took us a while. You know, we didn't know what the hell yeah. we were doing. Um, and I think yeah. that that's part of the magic. We didn't know any better. Yes. Um, yeah. I think had we known all the pitfalls and the challenges and the risk, you know, maybe it wouldn't have come together the way it did. But I think there's a, something special in the exuberance and, and a little bit of the ignorance of what we had to kind of grow and learn uh, in order to make this thing successful. But to your point, you know, everybody kind of sees the tip of the iceberg and, you know, a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes and a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of landmines that we had to navigate and uh, yeah i mean we were you know within a, a payroll for months um of going under and so we had to take out a very expensive loan um and we kind of you know we learned a good lesson to to have some dry powder and reserves and not get overextended mm. which really thankful um that served us well yeah. as the pandemic hit for sure Oh, awesome. definitely. Yeah. yeah. So it's not every day that you see mashed potatoes as much as I love them as a donut <laughs> ingredient. Now, do you, how did that happen? And, and how, what, does, what is it about that that then makes Holy Donuts so good? Yeah, it's terribly unique. I think it's you know, one of the major differentiators um, for our brand and our product. Um, and that's certainly you know, Lee's doing. Um, and I think that was in part part of that northern maine recipe that she investigated and resurrected and you know in northern maine you know where, where potatoes you know are the main crop uh, they you know they've been making things with potatoes for, for 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 years and it's it's kind of the nature you know similar to potato bread versus regular bread and while that uses mm -hmm. flour you know we use actual mashed potatoes which helps keep the product a bit more moist uh it's fluffier uh a bit more substantial than your traditional cake donut and and has an incredibly unique, you know, mouthfeel and creates these wonderful little joyful air pockets in the dough. And uh, I think it just, it sets it apart from other donuts. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've, well, before becoming gluten-free, I was quite the donut connoisseur. I consider <laughs> myself. And yeah, I've never had a donut 
like those. Like the first time I had one, I, re- I remember we were on Exchange Street and we went into that Exchange Street location and, and I had one and I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> it's like, it was like a revelation. I'm like, I, I know what the I'm supposed opened to, up. I know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. I'm supposed to yeah. eat these donuts. It's, but it's, yeah, it, it is real unique. It's very cool that we get, you know, that, 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 that first look on people's faces when they tried it for the first time, like that never gets old. Um, mm-hmm. They're just kind of blown away um, at the uniqueness and it's different and, and certainly we try to make sure we do our part with really creative flavors in the dough and the glaze. And, uh, but yeah, it's, a uh, you know, it's short of a religious experience for people who have never been introduced to it. And, uh, it's always cool to see that reaction for the first time. Yeah. And especially for people that, you know, are gluten-free Oh yeah, to right. be able to, that's, I mean, you can't find gluten-free donuts anywhere. I mean, and, and, or good. Anything, and besides, besides like plain. Yeah. Right. So, like, hey, you want a donut? It's plain. Like, oh, that's nice. But what else you got? Uh, well, we got plain and we got plain. I guess you can yeah. take a salt packet or put it something. I'm like, oh, gee, that's that's lovely. No, no, pass. that's probably that's easily one of the fastest growing segments for us um, as a gluten free product. And that that recipe is certainly a, a labor of love. It's been tweaked many, many times uh, over the years to try to continue to perfect it. And and we're terribly proud of that product. I think it stands up well versus most gluten-free products you're going to find fresh mm. or otherwise that are out there in the market and people dig it. Um, and we've had, you know, a couple of people that have worked in our gluten-free area over the years who are celiac and, uh, we do test it a couple of times a year. Uh, we grab one off the shelf that's been sitting in the store all day and it, you know, it always comes in at somewhere between two and three parts per million. So it's uh, exceeding the threshold and, uh, mm-hmm. people dig it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. So can you tell us about some of the, the new things that are happening with the Holy Donut? Sure. Um, so during uh, the pandemic, we, you know, as we you know, had, took on the PPP loans and wanted to make sure we kept our people whole, there was ample time. And so we did a bit of uh, research um, and to be prepared for when the tide started mm-hmm. to turn, as they are now. Um, mm-hmm. we had, we've had a donut cake for a number of years that, that I think we felt we could do a better job at, but never really had the time or the bandwidth uh, to really do that while things were booming. Mm -hmm. And so we've taken uh, the the past year here to kind of rip that apart, redesign it, and it's came out wonderful. Uh, We just had uh, some engagement with some students from the University of Southern Maine for them with with a marketing project. They're going to help us market it a little bit, but it's really cool. Uh, We're going to have a vegan option, a gluten-free option, uh, and our traditional dough. And we'll have Oh, probably eight or 10 different variations as we combine doughs in different places uh, that'll be available mm-hmm. for folks. And uh, we're really proud and excited uh, for that to hit the market here over the next couple of months. We're also uh, working on an interesting kind of ice cream donut sandwich um, wow. that will be uh, unveiled this summer. Um, there'll be a limited time offer uh, a bit with uh, the other ongoing challenges with COVID. Um, bandwidth and capacity are certainly a challenge there. So it'll kind of come and go uh, as we have the opportunity, time and the space to, to do it. But it's uh, the initial results are pretty awesome. Everyone's kind of digging it. Um, so we're great. excited. Uh, so those are kind of some of the newer products that we're going to be releasing here uh, this year. And certainly we're excited to uh, have signed a lease in a new location, uh, the former Grills Pizza at 177 Commercial in the Old Port. And uh was certainly tough on us to have to close down exchange during the pandemic last October, but 
you know, that location really just took it on the chin, uh, you know, really dependent upon foot traffic, tourist traffic. Mm-hmm. And so many of those things just didn't materialize last year. So we're, we're really excited. We're in the permitting process and uh, we'll be open for summer. That's great. That's a great location. Yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Gonna, the exposure's yeah, great. Excellent parking. And really it's just, you know, it's in the heart of the old port. So we couldn't be happier with the location. Yeah. I, I have to admit, as you as we were talking about donut cake and then the ice cream donut sandwiches, I was getting a little lightheaded. <laughs> I, I felt the vapors coming over me. Because <laughs> we had talked a little before the show about the donut cake, but you waited till we were we were recording to drop the, the ice the ice cream donut sandwich thing on me and I'm like, Oh wait, I'm I'm done now. I'm yeah, done. You, you gotta keep an ace up your sleeve, right? Well, oh, as goodness. he was talking, all I was thinking about was, dang, as soon as this is over, I'm going to the Holy Town. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to go by there, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I this is appreciate be- you guys. And, you know, the, the sentiment, you know, from the from the public and the community has just been, you know, humbling to say the least. You know, just, you know, overall allowing for our product and our brand to grow as it has, but Certainly during the pandemic, hmm. the, the support of our community is just, you know, we were overwhelmed um, by that. And so we are uh, terribly thankful uh, that, that people continue to to see us as a, a safe place to, to kind of get some comfort food and a, a little touch of normalcy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A touch of just a taste of normalcy. Oh, that's all right. I got to stop drooling. I've got another question to ask. Uh, as a company, you've been giving back to the main community for a while. Uh, can you tell us about Flower Power? Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, in terms of giving back to the community, you know, we we owe you know our communities where we have locations a huge debt of gratitude, as I was saying, for the support that we've had. And so, you know, we feel we have a duty uh, to give back whenever possible. And so we, we make a point to do that every year. And so a few years ago, we kind of created Flower Power, F-L-O-U-R, Power, kind of as the vehicle to describe and kind of house our efforts to support our communities. And that's through the power of flower, right? Um, and mm-hmm. so we do our best uh, to give back as much as we can. And we hope in time that this initiative might even be able to grow beyond our confines to include other companies that may use flower, bakeries, pizza places, what have you, to really kind of team up so that we can do even more good in the communities. And so, you know, under that umbrella is our VTO program, which is our, our volunteer time off program where our teammates can earn an extra two days off per year by volunteering uh, in the community. Uh, we feel like that's a, it's a great way for people to fill their cup, right? I mean, you, you get so much out of mm-hmm. giving to people who might be less fortunate than you. Um, and so be able to introduce our employees uh, to what that feels like uh, to give mm-hmm. back genuinely but also to reward them hour for hour for what they spend out in the community helping others. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's really cool. And this was, I think it was 2000, yeah, it must have been summer of 19 when we kind of launched Flower Power. And so in addition to creating some initiatives over the summer to give back to some entities like Special Olympics, uh, Full Plates, Full Potential, Friends of Casco Bay, we also offered opportunities, as I was mentioning, for our staff to give back. And so several times throughout the year. And I think it was Warren, um, our office manager, who kind of came up with the idea, or it might have even been Lee, I can't recall, of basically partnering with the local florist and we did with Florida Lease over in South Portland. And I think it was four or five times throughout the course of the summer, we would get bouquets and put them in our teal mobile and go visit uh, occupants in senior living homes who we felt like maybe needed a little bit of a 
uh, something to brighten their day. So we would go through and deliver the flowers and a little bit, you know, some donuts and some sweet treats. And uh, it was a really cool thing. And, you know, I'm not sure whether, you know, the tenants uh, at the senior living homes got more out of it or we did, but seeing a lot of our staff being able to participate and being able to bring a smile to somebody's face who didn't ask mm-hmm. for it, but just kind of surprising them there was was really super cool. Uh, and so we're yeah. really looking forward to things getting back to semi-normal so we can start doing more of those things. That's great. Yeah. Such a good feeling. And mm. I love how you involve the staff with that because it just, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture of, of what you can accomplish together. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I certainly believe that, you know, we make some of the best donuts in the world, but the, the reality is that uh, we say internally, they're really just the conduit, right. That allows for us mm-hmm. to do some really cool things uh, in the community and help our internal teammates grow as well as, you know, doing whatever we can to, to help and give back to the communities that support us so mightily. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. So this is a question we always like to ask because we're just kind of selfish and uh, we always <laughs> want to know the kind of answers. Um, but how would you say you define success? Mm, that's a good question. I would say for me personally, I define success as really simple as doing something that you find purpose in that fills your cup and, mm. and brings value and happiness to those that you interact with. You know, yeah. as, as, as far as, the, you know, the Holy Donut goes, you know, I think our success is really encompassed in our in our mission, in our vision statement. You know, if we are, our mission statement is to impress and excite our guests in a way that cultivates loyalty and inspires them to share their experience. And, and from a vision standpoint, you know, our vision statement is to be the preferred destination for unique donuts, coffee, employment, and positive vibes in each of our markets. And so if we're if we're living up to those statements and our core values every day, making them a reality, uh, and then virtually for me, every other meaningful business metric will likely take care of itself. And so the byproduct of this and providing opportunities for our team to grow, I, that's, that's success for me. Yeah. That's, that's better than what I got. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, another question that I, I'm always interested in because I, I, I try to, I try to learn something whenever possible, yeah. you know, even throughout the day mm-hmm. or whatever. But what is the biggest lesson that you've learned in the past year or the past couple of years, either either personally or in business? Uh, well, I, you know, certainly this last year has had no shortage of lessons, you know, for us mm-hmm. to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, certainly on the, on the, on the professional front, um, this year has taught me the value of building a very competent, resilient and thoughtful team and culture mm. in our company and allowing for them, you know, our team uh, to, to both challenge me as well as each other and adapt and evolve to best meet, you know, the needs of our guests over this past year, which has just been bananas. Um, and, and literally, if it weren't for the resiliency and dedication of our teammates, we would not have been able to survive the, this past year. I couldn't be more grateful mm. For such a dedicated and talented group of people that, that want to call the Holy Donut home and they're really the heart of our company. But, you know, learning to backfill your weaknesses, create a really good team and hire people who are more capable and smarter than you in the areas that they need to run and manage and let mm-hmm. them go run and manage it. And I think, you know, for, for me, that's certainly one of the, uh, the bigger lessons uh, that I've learned over this past year. That and the value of being frugal and having a some cash reserves because you never know what might happen. Yes. Yeah, yes. Sure. Yeah. That does, that does come in handy. 
uh, <laughs> when you when when hard times come, it, it can't solve every every problem, but it might give you a little more time to solve the problem. Yeah, does it, yeah. it buys you you know a little bit more runway? Um, into my point earlier, you know. The, the amount of solutions and creativity and positivity that that flowed from our team, just humbling is an understatement. These guys buckle down. We have leaders emerge in virtually every area of the company. People were taking on jobs and duties. They had no idea. Uh, it's not what they quote signed up for, but those words never were uttered. I, I just, you know, my hat's off to them. They killed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I just, I love what you said about that, having that mentality of, you know, letting someone do what they're, you know, what, what they're gifted at, you know, mm. let them run what, what they can do. I think a lot of times we, you know, as, as, I don't know, as business owners, you kind of want to control it all and you want to do, you want to do it all. Mm. And it's huge to be able to say, you know, I, I, I can't do all, I can't do everything. And you yeah. you let people go and do what they're meant to do and let them use their gifts. That's really Absolutely. Good. I mean, that's one of, you know, part of my growth and my journey in learning how to lead better um, and manage and grow a company. Um, certainly I meet with my score mentor, um, who I love, Nancy Stroni. I got to throw a plug out there to her. She <laughs> meet with her every month. Um, and my Vistage group uh, that, that, you know, it's just a business group of people that we all kind of share our best practices or challenges. And it's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I don't care what business you're in, you boil it all down. We're all dealing with the same handful of things. But they taught me that, you know, I was being in many regards, my own restrictor plate to growth um, mm. by trying to do too much with too little. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the margins might look great, but is it sustainable? Um, and what kind of a, you know, work-life balance, not that you get much of that um, in owning a company, but, you know, the reality is that you got to surround yourself with people who are capable and then let them go do their thing, yeah. provide them with bumpers and Here's where I need you to stay with him, but I need, you know, you to go figure out the best way. You're more capable than I am in that area, whatever that may be, operations, finance, HR, what have you. But it's kind of the old HP way, right? It's kind of hire good Mm -hmm. people and get out of the way and let them do their thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I work for them. Um, They don't work for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's a great way to think about it. Yeah, absolutely. So another selfish selfish question that we like to ask. I thought you were going to say shellfish. Shellfish. I was like... (laughs) Is there a lobster donut? Did I miss something? Uh, there was. Uh, the, it, are, are you it, serious? Game. It did. It was. It was fleeting. Again, I, this is. This was in the earlier days where we didn't know. We didn't know, right? Um, so we're like, yeah, lobster donut. You know, and so we created this magical, delicious thing that just the waste was crazy, right? And so you had to yeah. buy it. It's very mm-hmm. expensive, and it was. Yeah. It was rather a novelty. I think that was in fourteen or fifteen. We tried that, and it was wow. cool, and it got some buzz, but. You know, the labor, the, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, I guess. Is yeah. Like, yeah. Makes sense. Wow. Yeah, I, did I didn't know Find that. out something Trivia every right day. there. Yeah. See? Yeah. So we like to ask, who or what inspires you? In, in terms of, I guess, in people in general, people who overcome adversity in their life mm. and are tenacious in pursuing their dreams regardless of the hurdles in your path. I mean, there's something just really inspiring about you know, the human spirit that refuses to quit or be denied. I, I love reading stories and meeting people who've had, you know, maybe less than ideal paths in life, but so this is where I'm going and, yeah. you know, hell I have water. I'm, I'm going to certainly make this happen. Um, I always find that to, to be inspiring, but it, I guess in terms of a, a person though, um, I mean, that 
absolutely has to be uh, my wife. Mm. I'm continuously inspired by her. Uh, she is just, you know, Elizabeth's her name. Uh, she's the most compassionate and selfless person that I've ever met. Uh, always doing things, giving to others, and whether that's you know to our family or to our children or to strangers or or even now uh, during uh, the pandemic, uh, there's a lot of Mainers who are food insecure, and um, so every weekend she's cooking something homemade and delivering it to people who need it in Southern Maine and giving mm. you know giving to others what fills up her cup, um, and, and she loves to do that and and, and doesn't look for anything in, in return and. Uh, she sets a, a really inspiring example for me and my kids. Um, she's easily the best person I know. That's I feel awesome. I'm all choked up right now. <laughs> I don't know why. It's beautiful. That's just that's beautiful. It is. It really it is. is. No, she's she's awesome. I couldn't be that's more beautiful. fortunate in that regard. She sounds amazing. Mm. Yeah. So, if I'm remembering correctly, you you're saying that you grew up in Indiana, correct? I did. Um, was born a Hoosier, and then my dad's job kind of took him uh, to some different places. We moved to Illinois to a couple different spots, um, and then in gosh, I think it was '88 or '89, and he were he worked in nuclear power plants, and at that point, Maine Yankee, uh, which is up in Hinkley, Skowhegan area, was still operational, and so we packed up and, and moved to Maine, and. I just completely fell in love um, with mm. the state. Uh, it just, you know, since my father's moved away and it's just uh, my brother and I chose to stay, but it was immediately home. Um, you know, yeah. I grew up in the outdoors and, and loved uh, that more than, you know, anything outside of family and business. And so, uh, yeah, love, love me to death. So you, you'll have a you'll have a slightly different perspective than some of the people we talk to. You'll have a perspective that's similar to mine, whereas we're both from away, as it's mm. said mm-hmm. here in Maine, yes. which I've, I'd never <laughs> heard that expression before until I moved here. I'm like, I'm from aware? Were you They'll saying, never let us be part it? of the club, Todd, ever. It's, and you know what? That's all right. I get that's it. Right. I understand. And, yeah, and I much like Groucho Marx, I don't know if I'd want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. So... <laughs> I just try to look at it that way. But what is your favorite part of living in Maine? Yeah, it's it's, it's the natural beauty, right? Um, mm. I love, you know, that Maine is, is the most heavily forested state in our country. And, mm. you know, it's just filled with wild, rugged, out-of-the-way pl- out places where, you know, you can just escape the sights and the sounds of any civilization and, and kind of just have a voyeuristic view of, of nature happening independently. It's a perfect place to go and plug, you know, find your center and just, you know, kind of enjoy the simplicity of watching nature do its thing. Um, mm. For me, it just doesn't get a whole lot better than that. You know, outside of work and family, the outdoors, you know, particularly fly fishing and bow hunting. And those are my passions um, that I pursue whenever possible. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for taking yes. time out of your, your day. Sure, you're a busy a busy person, so we do appreciate uh, you lending us a little bit of your time and, yes. and making us both drool thinking about donuts. <laughs> and uh, we, will, we will definitely uh, have links to the Holy Donut website as well as social awesome. media pages. And um, we will make sure that uh, we keep in touch because we want to hear more about donuts sometime in the future. Uh, but thank you so much for, for yes. talking with us, thank sharing a little so bit of your Jeff. story. And, uh, and you, we wish you continued success. Yes. Um, and that's not just selfishly because we want more donuts because we we think it's a great thing that you're doing absolutely well thank you very much uh it's it's certainly my pleasure to sit and chat with you guys for a little bit and i I certainly appreciate your support and uh i look forward to talking again soon absolutely thanks a lot jeff we appreciate it you're welcome thank you 
thank you again to our sponsor, Fabian Oil. Be sure to contact them for all your propane and heating oil needs using the information in the show notes. And thank you for listening.